Hey there! Welcome to SaaS Unbound, brought to you by SaaS Group. I'm your host, Anna Dana, and this is the show where we chat with inspiring founders and experts to get an inside scoop on how they made their business success. And today with me is Peter Leonard, our second episode, super excited, founder of MyWork Software, one of our beloved brands at SaaS Group that was acquired. I think the announcement was almost like two, one year ago to the day. So very, very close. Yeah, it's really, really interesting to like to learn how you integrate it. And of course, MyWorks is one of the most powerful and popular integration um, to automate your e-commerce and accounting platforms. So again, for us, it's a great thing that you're with us uh, to have you in and MyWorks in our portfolio. And great to see you here. I mean, we just saw each other two weeks ago, but hey. <laughs> Totally. Two weeks ago was was better seeing in person, but um, this is this is close. Thanks, Anna. Great to be here. Yeah, great to see you. All right. Well, um, like I said, we announced the acquisition of my work just about a year ago, uh, and you know, since then, I've been witnessing how you're growing, uh, what you're doing to the product, uh, where you're going, how you're communicating with the central team and everyone. How did it feel for you? I mean, was it, let's maybe get to like the initial story, how uh, the, your dream exit that you came with uh, to us in the first place and how the idea changed a little bit. Let's maybe remember yeah. that. Yeah, it's, I've been kind of in the past month, I've been kind of telling everyone that, that we've I've chatted with that it feels like, you know, when I, when we think about it a year ago, it feels like it was two months ago and it feels like it was three years ago at the same time. So, so much yeah. has happened since then, almost all, all very, very positive. Um, but it's been a great journey. So, and, and it is, is always when you're having fun and, and time flies. Um, but yeah, it, it was certainly a process before or kind of leading into that, that transition as well. So I'm very, very happy that I stayed. Um, and it's been very, very positive being able to kind of focus my time more on, on doing what I, I enjoy doing more um, versus other tasks like, you know, admin, uh, finance, mm -hmm. et cetera, that I can take a, a, a small step back from, not, not fully, but just be able to dedicate more time to, you know, working with the team, working with product, which I really enjoy doing. But it wasn't always, that wasn't really the route that I pictured myself going. So um, it was when we were kind of approaching this process, if we were to find something that, that made sense, my original plan was that I would kind of stay through a transition period and then step back and just, you know, kind of take some stress off my plate, spend a little bit more time with the family and just kind of dial it down a bit. And it re really wasn't until chatting more and more with SAS group um, between, you know, not just the M&A team and, and Pavel and, and his team that did a really excellent job through the transition, but also just internal SaaS group. So chatting with, with really knowledgeable people like Julian on the central marketing team, of course, Tim, Toby, and Ulrich. Um, and it was really attractive to see was the type of team that we'd have the opportunity to work with um, and just really made it a, a, a very solid incentive to stay, knowing that it could be a, a balance between, you know, not having to go down to zero but continue doing what I love with a product that we all very much believe in. And that's, that's rewarding and, and fun to work on. Awesome. Yeah. Like whenever everyone, anybody asks, like, do you have a favorite story at SaaS group? I just tell this because like, it's just so <laughs> cool. 
Well, like, that, that's great. You know, and we're very lucky that it, it turned out that way. But I think, you know, luck is, it's, it's part, you know, yes, a little bit of luck, but also a lot of planning and a lot of working with people who are experts in their field, which I mean, really luckily all of us are at Sam's group. So it's, it's been, it's really a pleasure to work with. with we've, we've been able to. Awesome. All right. Well, it was great to hear. I mean, uh, uh, we've been kind of talking more and more about the way we integrate the teams and the founders into the bigger scope of things and how we help uh, the central uh, team whenever anything is missing or whenever like they need some expertise. So this is great to hear, obviously. So how has it been for you? I mean, obviously you've got your incredible new marketer that joined you uh, over this year. She's your rock star, right? And so far, as as far as I can see, you're happy, but you know, tell us more. Yeah, very much. And, and I mean, to be honest, that's just another example of how we've really benefited by, by joining SAS Group is just, you know, of course, one of the central teams is, is um, uh, HR and, and, and recruiting. And we would not have found um, Elena, who's just a rock star, what she does, without the recruiting team at SAS Group. Um, so we're, we're very, very thankful um, and very lucky that that she's she, she was able to find us and we were able to find her. So we've really, really enjoyed working together. Um, she has she's done excellent things so far, and she has really great plans um, for what is to come. So she's been a, a really, really great addition to the team, and we all. I mean, with especially as anyone out there with small teams knows, it's when you have a smaller team, you know, under 10 people even, it can be very important how everyone works with each other and having, you know, really good communication, really good collaboration. Um, and we're all very lucky that that's the way we've all been able to work together so far is, is just in a really positive way. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's also great to hear. Uh, you're well, the product is growing, right? you you have this cool new thing you're rolling out next week, right? Shopify yeah, thing. So what is it? Can you, can you tell us a little bit more? Definitely. And that was kind of one of the, the reasons why we made the decision to join SAS group is because, you know, we were growing, making good headway with, with just kind of steady marketing, steady sales, steady product development, but we wanted to take that further. Um, and so now that we were able to, to kind of have the additional resources that we now have with SAS Group, we were able to launch two products in a single year, which we never would have done, or we have never done in the past, and we wouldn't have been able to do without this. So we launched our Sync with Zero uh, earlier this year, and we're launching our Sync with Shopify here next week, um, which will be huge. So we have tons of happy users that use WooCommerce, and for the, the few that have to leave WooCommerce and move over to Shopify, from almost every user we hear, hey, we hate to cancel with you and we wish you worked your job. Um, so it's been something we've been aware of for a couple of years now. And we're really just finally been able to, to wrangle the resources together to um, get that built. And we're very excited for it. Okay, so customer communication has been a core to this, this kind of product development. Yeah, very much so. Even from you know, the very beginning, um, our roadmap, of course, is, is something that we... we pay quite a bit of attention to and has grown significantly over the past series. But at the end of the day, it's all driven by customer feedback. So as we, we get feedback from either existing users or new users asking us, you know, what can I product do? How can it fit my workflow? Um, that always influences everyone to you know, push some things higher, move some things lower um, as we watch what our users are interested in, what's important to them. So yeah, very much, very much.
Okay. So just yesterday, I was I was shooting this episode with Sarah Helm, who's a, a founder of Kenny, absolutely amazing product management tool. And what she was saying about the roadmap, about prioritization, is that yeah, sure, it's it, it's great to communicate with like all of your customers, but it's also important to know who the feedback is coming from, right? If it's from your um, freemium users or is it from somebody who's paying you a ton of money and, and basically has a lot more value from the product. So what is your strategy there? Like, How are you communicating? How are you prioritizing feedback from every customer? Yeah, very true. And that's, that's a really, really good point because you can have, you know, 10 free users ask you for a feature that would be nice to have that they're really not committed to. They just think it would be nice. Um, but you can have one paid user that, you know, also asks for that same feature that it actually is important to them. And they'll, they'll likely cancel in two months if it's not something that can be implemented. So super important to know. And we really kind of just take a mix of, of quantity in terms of, of user requests. And of course, just filtering out, you know, nice to haves versus a user that actually you know, a specific feature is, is actually important to them. Um, but we we filter that, we, we balance that quantity out with um, the type of, of user that they are with us. So have they, have they been with us for a while? Is this just a, a you know, the, the, the 19th feature out of 20 that they're currently using that they most likely won't churn if they, if it's not something that we're able to build in immediately, but it's something that they would like us to have in the next six months. So kind of just prioritizing timeline there of how, how urgent is this to either them or a group of these of these type of users. Um, but then also just evaluating, like you said, what, what plan they're on with us. And so one of our mm -hmm. common responses to our free users or our users on a free plan is, you know, very, very much noted. We've either most likely already have this in our roadmap or we've added this for you. And this is something that would be prioritized if you're interested in the paid plan with us. So for users that Really, if that's something that's important to them, we don't typically charge specifically to add features for a specific user. Um, but if for users on paid plans, that that is prioritized. Really, just kind of given quantity because it's one paid user asking for a feature, can't bump it up above a feature that you know fifty paid users have already asked us for over the past yeah. month or two. So. Sure, makes sense. So uh, since you're rolling out uh, this new big thing, Shopify Sync, a lot of customers have been asking about this. Are you also planning a price change? Because that's what a few of, of the brands that joined us this year uh, did. And like, we're, we're still trying to test like what's there and like how it affects, especially this year, which is like so crucial. So what is it for you? Have you, while being with Sauce Group, changed your pricing? Are you planning to do it right now because the product is going to be just like so much better, so much broader and serve so many yeah. more customers? So what's your plan there? Good. Yeah, great question. And I think um, so the, the short answer there is yes, it is. It has not happened yet. Yes, it is planned before the end of this year. Um, and I think it's given us a lot of time in the past year to be able to really thoughtfully approach that. and kind of make sure we're considering all of the factors and come up with a strategy that makes sense, not only for us, but for our users as well. We've, one of the benefits I think to both us and our users is that since day one, we've never increased our pricing. So users that signed up with us five years ago are still paying the same price, even as we oh, wow. put, you know, five years of de development into the product. And of course that's massively valuable for them. Um, but it also gives us a, a pretty, pretty solid bench to stand on, as we say that, 
we are adjusting our pricing just to match the value that they're getting from our product and have been getting from our product for, for quite a few years now. Um, so that's one of the, the, the kind of levers that we're working on and just taking into account of as we thoughtfully look at what pricing would look like. One interesting point for us is that with each of our integrations, the pricing is different per integration um, because each of the accounting platforms and each of the, the e-commerce platforms that we, we support have different features that can make it a, a much more advanced product or a much less advanced product or just require different support. Um, so because of that, the price change won't have to affect our Shopify sync because we've already mm -hmm. been able to account for that as a new product. So that price change will happen for our existing products that, that is technically, you could say, already been factored in to our Shopify sync that we're launching with. Um, right. Otherwise, yes, we have, we have a lot of data that we've accumulated as we've planned this over the past year for our existing users that we can kind of use to make a thoughtful decision as we really just rethink plans and pricing. Um, in terms of the features that we're offering um, and the value that our users are getting from those plans. All right. So you're not planning to grandfather your existing customers or are they getting... There will uh, be a, a, what... a period that we're still considering most likely between two to four months um, of mm -hmm. grandfathering, but technically all users have been, been grandfathered in for you know, quite a while right. now as we've, we've just, I mean, really just haven't, haven't increased pricing. So, which is, you know, very good for them. And it's not going to be a significant increase that it would double their pricing, for example. Um, and for a lot of our users, the value that they're getting from our sync is um, outweighed more than the pricing that they're currently paying. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So as far as I know, you're also doubling down on on your marketing on your content strategy uh, again with the some support from the central team and from your new team members so yeah so what has been um kind of a big change and has there been any in your growth strategy what has affected your growth so far with you know with the change with the integration into SaaS group have you noticed that something is especially helpful or something that you maybe neglected before that now is working or it's kind of just like rolling because you've had paid customers well for so long but it's it's a lot of word of mouth so what's working for you now is there anything new yeah yeah good question well i mean it's it's really always a work in progress for us because we we like to make decisions quick quickly we always have but I think this past year has really brought another element there of, of being thoughtful or more thoughtful as we make those decisions. So um, in the past with just, you know, a very small team of, of five or so, um, it can be difficult to, it can be easy to make a decision, but difficult to really back that up with enough data or confidence that mm -hmm. you're like, okay, we're making a decision quickly, but is it really not only the right decision, but is the, the best decision out of all the other alternatives we could have, have decided on. Um, and that's really what we've seen the most, one of the areas we've seen the most difference in as we've worked with SAS Group is just the level of confidence that we have as we make decisions is is much higher because we're able to run these decisions by, you know, such a wealth of knowledge of from the members of the central team, whether it's marketing, whether it's product decisions, whether it's finance decisions, we had, you know, a pretty rough but simple budget coming into SAS Group. And, you know, a small example there is is just adding a little bit more thought and, and planning to that process to come up with, you know, a, a more detailed budget, just just more detailed planning or forecasting into the future. 
so it, I would say it, just to put it in a nutshell, it's really been able, it's given us the ability to approach things with almost as, as quick decision-making, but just having a lot more confidence and input um, into that, that process to make sure that we're making really the best decision given all of the alternatives. And those alternatives being th suggestions that will come from other members of SAS group that we just hadn't considered before. So, I mean, whether it's something like marketing and it's like, well, we think we're going to decide this. And it's like, well, have you thought about this? We just did this for a brand, you know, two months ago and it worked very, very well. We're like, well, we didn't think of that. Um, so really, yeah. really great. Just such a wealth of knowledge to, to draw on that's right there. I mean, it's not, we don't have to go out to freelancers. We don't have to go out to agencies. Um, it's it's there um, and it's it's really a great thing that we've been able to to kind of both exchange both ways because we have insights that we've been able to share with other brands. Um, in similar topics of things that yeah. have worked for us or, or things that have, have not worked well for us. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I also sure. like really enjoy the fact that we're building this knowledge hub where, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, sure. Products stay on their own and, you know, they're great products. No one's, you know, merging them with anything else, but we just share knowledge because we're, we sometimes acquire brands at different stages of growth and like, Obviously, there is no one playbook. You kind of just copy whatever another brand did. Mm -hmm. But it's just the fact that, yeah, you can share. And for me, I guess it's just the vibe of like still being in a startup. Uh, like even for me doing, you know, SaaS group itself, right? Yeah. I feel like, oh, it's it's like I'm playing with my own company. <laughs> there is so much freedom, <laughs> right? But at yeah. the same time, they're like, this moguls of like the, with all that knowledge that you can go to mm -hmm. and uh right. yeah and they, they're super helpful so yeah that's great no, okay I mean, really enough is, flattering both worlds <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you don't see that you really just don't see that often to be honest is, is you yeah. have it's, it's usually either one or the other of you know lots of freedom and and making quick decisions but maybe there's not a balance there of, of being as thoughtful as you can about it or the opposite where you're in meetings for, you know, two weeks to make one decision. Um, yeah. And it just, it's not the same. So yeah, agreed. Absolutely. All right. Well, like I said, enough flattery. Maybe <laughs> in the hindsight, um, there was something that didn't go as smooth as you wanted to. You know, let's be a bit more honest, a bit more transparent about the whole thing. Uh, like, for example, we start talking about the fact that it's more and more challenging to integrate such an, 
a huge amount of people, huge amount of brands, because like only this year we acquired five, five more companies. Some are bigger, some are smaller. Uh, you know, they're really like surprised that in two months they're not the newcomers anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Mm -hmm. So that's that has been a challenge. And I think it's important to talk about it again to maybe share the knowledge. Right. Someone will hear the podcast and say, yeah. you know, we did that. So yeah. for yeah. you, yeah. in hindsight, anything you would do differently? Yeah, good question. I think luckily there's not nothing very major that we can look back mm. and say, wow, this is just, you know, a, a really just different wrong direction, different direction that, that other than what we could have taken. So it really just filters down to, to maybe more minor details. And yeah, I mean, integration, just working with the central team is important, but it's also really surprising to see what it was a year ago today and, and what it is mm -hmm. now. Um, as you know, our central team is, is just along with the number of brands has grown substantially um, since last yeah. year. And of course, there's growing pains with that as with any team. But I think one of the, the things that we were able to, to pick up on kind of pretty quickly as we continue to interact with the central team is really knowing the right scenarios to work with them in. Um, for example, if it's you know a, a, a simple project that can be handled by a freelancer because it doesn't require that internal knowledge that the, free, that the central team has. Um, we found that it's, it's more successful to, to work with either you know, a freelancer or an existing team member that, that has that skill uh, that mm -hmm. we can keep off the plate per se of the central team, which in turn gives us the ability to rely on the central team more for scenarios that really they will excel with the shared knowledge that they have. And that's translated to things like product decisions, UX audits. They can help us with, with really, I mean, from both sides of the spectrum, smaller and larger product decisions, just with the shared experience they have of all of the other brands that they've been able to work with. Same with marketing is really, really good marketing insights into, you know, complex or simple strategies that other brands mm -hmm. are currently using. Um, and that's what we want to rely on them for versus like, you know, should this button be orange or should it be blue? So we've learned that over the, over the past year that, that the central team is, is there for good, good reasons, um, but really doesn't have to be a hundred percent of, of the extra um, projects or, or just, just resources that we need. So we've really been able to learn to use them smarter, I guess would, would be a good way to say. Okay. That's wonderful. Yeah. I think that that's, uh, that's a very valid point because yeah, well, uh, there are a lot of a lot more people right now involved in the central team. We're very, very passionate about what we're doing, and with you know with the amount of brands that that we're that we have right now, uh, obviously, yeah, sometimes uh, there are maybe delays if you need to know what color your button should be. Uh, so yeah, maybe um, just making conscious decision of of using the central team for like bigger tasks. Uh, is a yeah, really good yeah. one. Well, right. While being transparent about just timeline, because for example, if, if the timeline doesn't work, then that's something that is, is always good to know ahead of time. So we can just, sure. you know, make a different decision, for example, and make sure that, you know, really just communicating transparently, which we've, I think we all do a good job at. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what so far has been maybe the biggest knowledge that you've acquired uh, talking to central team or talking to other brands, because I know that we, well, uh, 
it's open communication. It's full transparency. You can go and talk to another brand, another founder. Uh, no one really uh, stops you from doing that, right? So has there been like one nugget of knowledge that you really thought, wow, that's that's my aha moment uh, during this period and that's what I'm going to use? I would say, so um, just to, to think out loud, sure. ever since the beginning, we've we've been a fully remote team. Um, and so we've, as we've, you know, slowly onboarded team members and just continued growing our team, everyone's been remote and this is even before COVID. Um, and so there was, as part of that, you know, very, very, you know, unique dynamic back then, less so now, we just had to learn to, you know, work together with each other across, you know, different time zones, across different, different skill levels and different communication styles, um, but still be able to work together as a team and give each other the freedom to have a work-life balance while still communicating well and trusting each other and, you know, being accountable to each other that, that we're getting what has to be done, you know, done in a, a style that, that fits the direction that we're going as a, as a brand. Um, so I think it was, you could call it a hot moment or just really validation of how we've built our team so far, seeing that what we've been doing across a team of five or so now across a team of 250 in, in SAS yeah. group, almost exactly the same way of being able to work together, you know, very, very well, have tight communication, um, have the freedom to, to have a flexible schedule, um, but still be very accountable and trustworthy to each other as we work together and communicate and, and, and really, you know, knock through deadlines um, and, and accomplish great things together. So I would say maybe, maybe a, a, a hopefully a good example of, of an aha moment, but really just a great validation of the team that we've been able to build, how we've built it and how we work together. Yeah. Oh, it was such a such a great thing to see. Like w w we had a retreat just a couple of weeks ago and it was so interesting to see the dynamics and the teams. Like obviously everyone wanted to like, because we're all in the same Slack channel. We all know how we look like, right? Or at least like we have some kind of... Um, Other than hope. <laughs> yeah, understanding like, who is who. And um, just coming to their retreat and seeing that, uh, yeah, sure, they want to meet the, the team and they want to stay with the team and have a better collaboration like you guys did uh, your own events inside mm -hmm. the retreat. But it's also, yeah. it was so great to see that everyone kind of came together. Like, I don't know, I never really communicated with our DevOps team just never needed anything right. Right. Right? right but it was just so interesting to get to know them and like what they do and like and it's just such a great vibe check and i think uh what hr is doing with it is absolutely great uh so it's really uh you said something i can quote it uh, but i thought that that's just great about like how the skills can be learned right but culture yeah, it's just so much easier when you know that person is a fit, especially in the remote team. No, yeah, very true. And of course, that's, that's used to be more difficult to hire for, I think, than it is now. But yeah, so important. And just even, I mean, equally for that new person coming in is is knowing what to expect. And, you know, well, I'm able to work well with this. Have I worked remotely before? What am I comfortable with? And, and what's what am I less comfortable with? So I agree. And I think that can make a difference in just the, the recruiting process overall as you know knowing what type of culture you're coming into right okay so if you know let's say 
next year, maybe you are growing even bigger uh, and you need another person to join my works, which I, whoever's listening. And if, you know, if you see it next year, just jump on it. It's, it's the best. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but what are you looking for? Uh, what kind of vibe check are you doing, right? What What is the person that you think you will be comfortable working with? Yeah, I think, um, and, and that really ranges because, you know, in addition to just being fit to team, we also want to be able to, to grow our team with not just the same cookie cutter type of people. Um, so we really want to be able to, to, to grow our team while also looking for uh someone that works really works well together. So I would say, you know, very, very collaborative, someone that, that's very flexible in terms of being able to, um, you know, handle maybe different changing, changing responsibilities within their role at different times. And really, I would say hungry to grow because especially as a small team, over time, those responsibilities within a role will, will change and kind of evolve as, as we evolve yeah. ourselves as a brand. So I would say really hungry for growth, positive and enjoying working with, you know, other, other similar team members, um, like we have, I think was, is really important. Um, and, and yes, experience with just SaaS companies overall, depending on their role or, or even more specific in our industry, like accounting and e-commerce knowledge is, is also helpful. Um, but we can always train those type of, of hard skills. So. Sure. Okay. So you were describing right now, um, you know, what kind of person you're looking for, but we're also describing like just the uh, mindset that you have. And it's, uh, it's that bootstrapper mindset that we're looking for at SaaS Group since we kind of moved away a little bit from uh, just bootstrap companies because we started acquiring bigger brands. Um, so how is it, because we already decided, right, that it's kind of a startup but you have that umbrella where you feel very comfortable, you have the resources, you have the help. Um, so how do you feel? Is it still that bootstrapper mentality that drives you forward where, you know, you can jump on it, you know, um, head down, just work on your product, uh, build your booth. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, and just, you know, work. Uh, you're not... Yeah, you're you're not ditching any responsibilities. Um, you're not outsourcing it to the central team. Is it still preserved in the team because you've been bootstrapping for years? How does it feel now? Yeah, I think the the short answer to that is that the important parts of it are preserved um, because you, it's really hard to have both where you 100% of the time are head down working on product you, you pop up for air to chat with customers and you're back down on product. So that might work in a very small startup, but at some point you're going to have to, you know, start documenting sales processes and, and marketing processes and just, you know, be more thoughtful and forward looking in, in some of those, which requires some of, I, I personally prefer being head down in product, but you can't do that hundred percent of the time. So I think that helped us <laughs> realize that even more that we, we most likely already knew that a little bit. But I think that helped us realize it and just balance it out with being, again, using the word thoughtful, um, but but being able to still be able to make quick decisions about product. And if we really need to, you know, jump into product for two days, get our head down, put a new feature in and, and experiment with it and see what user feedback looks like. Well, maybe on day three, then we jump back and do, you know, a, a bit of, of slide preps for a product meeting that we have next week and, and 
that is a, a, maybe an, a quarterly or an annual planning meeting that we have to really think ahead um, and, and not have our head down. So I think it, it's a good balance because it helps us not be detrimental that we have our head down too much um, and, and really just balance that out with enough of, of planning and strategy and, and advice, of course, from, from all of the central team members that we work with that we're following best practices, we're, we're documenting what we need to document um, and growing healthily. Um, while still being able to make very fast pivots. And if we, we wake up and we decide we want to run a new marketing campaign or, or change this marketing campaign, we can jump into it right away if we need to. Um, so again, little best of the both worlds, but also just not yeah. not hurting ourselves maybe by being too much head down um, and just, just kind of balancing that out with with enough of the less B type of, of um, activities that, that are still important mm-hmm. to continue to grow healthily. Sure. I mean, the, the company matures and, and you kind of yeah. just like chill a little bit about the product. You've got your revenue going. You've got, again, the support. So it's totally understandable. Perfect. All right. Well, I want to come back a little bit to to the whole remote setting and hiring remote teams. And again, something that we discussed a little bit on the podcast already uh, is how um, and I'm asking it because you started before COVID, right? Um, how at first a lot of companies would freak out because of the remote setting, because they would assume that people would just relax and, you know, it's it's just not going to be very helpful for the culture. Uh, but now everyone's kind of talking about the fact that, hey, well, you need like 30 seconds to roll out of bed and open your laptop. And then you're just working and you don't need to go anywhere. There is your lunch. There is your dinner. So people are just staying working. And well, sometimes I catch myself doing that. So overworking, work-life balance. Are you kind of installing these values into the team? How are you doing this? Uh, how are you making sure, you know, everything balances out? Because, well, neither is good, right? Right, right, right. I don't think is really always a work in progress because you can't just say, okay, this is, you know, one point in time where we, you know, have these policies or, or just decide how we're going to do things and then just not pay attention to it at all going forward. So it really is, at least for us, it's been something we always have had our finger on um, and always been, been watchful of to make sure that we're finding the right balance. Um, but we really wanted to make sure that we err on the side of making our team feel very comfortable and having this be something that that they enjoy coming in to logging on to join the rest of our team working that day. Um, and, and so we, we've, of course, kind of done that through different ways in the, in the past five, six years. Um, but it's really focused around encouraging them to have a good work-life balance. Um, and especially, you know, as we, we've started moving into COVID and, and now coming past, really just making sure that their work-life balance is, is protected and we're encouraging them to have healthy balance. And that can include, you know, being very flexible with time off, different schedules, especially as, as they they kind of balance just personal life activities, kids, spouses, partners, um, and, and just being very flexible and saying, hey, we're here for you, just like you're here for us. Um, and I think that's been important and, and really positive in growing the team that we've grown. Um, but also a really interesting reason why we fit so well with SAS Group was, I mean, it, that 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 culture was so similar as we were learning more about SAS Group to to the culture that we're now used to in SAS Group of you know very flexible time off, very flexible working policies, 
um, especially as we continue to grow our team across different time zones. Um, we have, you know, sometimes less and less overlap between different team members throughout a working day and just kind of accommodating our schedules to be flexible to that instead of saying, okay, well, you need to work, you know, at different time zone than you're used to because that fits the rest of our team. So I think it's helped us, you know, bit by bit evolve as we, again, just pay attention to what our team is comfortable with, what makes them happy. And again, it's, it's knowing that it's a trade-off. Of if, if we can be there for them, um, they're going to be there for us. Right, right. No, the flexibility is just is just awesome. I mean, for me, it was it was also a little bit shocking. It's like I don't have to tell you like two weeks in advance that I'm taking a vacation. Like, exactly. Okay, right. <laughs> and that that's good for everyone that we can be you know flexible and say, okay, if you're out tomorrow because you're suddenly sick, that's something that we need to be you know able to deal with at any point in time and just yeah. pivot successfully as a team. Um, and if, you know, someone has a, a week notice for taking a vacation, that's something that we can pivot for as well. But it also helps us as a team be accountable to each other to plan well that if, you know, time off is coming up, it's barely something that, that approval needs to be asked for. And it's really just saying, okay, here's how as a member of the team, I will, you know, plan ahead if, if I need to. Mm -hmm. um, but I know they can leave knowing that the rest of the team has their back and there's nothing they have to worry about which is important for, for both us and for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I just have a couple more questions. And the first one, uh, I think very important for, you know, there is a lot more interest, uh, what we're doing, how we're doing it, and, you know, how the teams are, are, are going on with it. Uh, so what was your hack? Just, you know, integrating yourself into this new role, into this new setting, not just being alone anymore right not just making all the decisions mm -hmm. has there been something yeah. that helped you throughout this journey yeah i think maybe a couple different things i think and one of the big reasons that we approached this joining this ask your family was you know taking a bit of stress off the table for myself and like we talked about earlier kind of having more resources to be available as we make decisions to make sure that we're making the right decisions in the best way um and so before that there was you know, quite stressful and, you know, of course, lonely at sometimes knowing that, you know, if you're the one making the decision and it's, it's an important decision to make, but it, it has to be made. Um, and with SAS Group, it was really a really good balance of having more resources and people that wanted to help, you know, with, with advice or decisions or just, just strategy and, and activities going forward. Um, while also, being there as a partner and not as, you know, delegating or having some type of structure that, that or, or just a large reporting structure where you now feel like you're reporting to people instead of working with. Them. I think that's what was refreshing with Sense Group, which was also what we've learned to expect throughout the acquisition process as well. But really refreshing that it wasn't a huge change in structure where we're not reporting three levels up all of a sudden. Be a big change from being, you know, the only one making decisions or the decisions not being made to then report mm -hmm. And it was a really good balance where we had a lot more, you know, people that that are both experts in their fields and are also very friendly and want to help you, um, and work together and partner with you, and not having a that type of of huge shift in our structure that made it something that we really had to adapt to. So in some ways there was almost, you know, no change where, you know, product, the way that we handle our product, 
support some of the some of the process maybe improved, but a lot of them there was really just no change to, and that made it really comfortable for our team, of course, for processes that were working, of course. Um, if processes need to be improved, we were able to improve those more quickly with, with the central team's help. Um, but so just getting back to your question, I think it was a comfortable shift because it wasn't anything that I wasn't prepared for. And any changes were really welcome changes because it helped, you know, take stress off my plate, take other activities off my plate so I could focus more on product um, and really just allowed me to work more with the team, which I enjoy doing and more with our product that had kind of has had positive trickle down effects so we was, as we've been able to, you know, launch two products in a year, um, grow our team successfully and kind of start putting in place plans to continue to grow next year. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a shift, of course, just, you know, knowing that there's, you know, other people that, that I'm accountable to, but really working together with, um, and I don't think I'd have it any other way. So it's it's certainly a far cry from the days of being a startup with, you know, two or three people. Um, yeah. But I think it's a really good balance of not being kind of sucked into this corporate structure that you then are just, you know, another report mm. in the chain of, of Absolutely. And that said, I think we should mention that that you were staying with us longer, that you're not going anywhere. And, and, yeah, we're, and you know, yeah, we're super excited about due it. Due to what we've talked about today. Yeah, yeah, and again, just really good balance. Um, very fulfilling working on the product that we have, working with the team that we have, and co all coming in to work together. Excited to, you know, work with our users more, work with our product more, um, and work with with SaaS Group more. So I think you know, not to repeat everything that we've said today, but it, a lot of yeah. it is, is very very positive and a large reason for that. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for saying that. That, and there are a couple of events where listeners or uh, your customers or your potential customers can find you this year. Uh, there is Woosash uh, that is online, right? But you're, you're giving a speech there. And uh, there is also QuickBooks Connect, right? Maybe you can yes. talk a little bit more about that because they can see you there. Yeah, and that'll be in, in November in Las Vegas. Um, so it's, it's a great kind of coming together of um, Mainly accountants that work with with QuickBooks as partners, um, also uh, uh, developers and, and integrations that work um, along or platforms that work along with QuickBooks. So really good gathering of of, of like minded community members, um, but also a, a really great uh, time to to just build partnerships and talk to other other users who who already use platforms like ours or ours, um, and and just kind of continue learning what they want, where where the direction of of the accounting and and. I mean, really, the, the e-commerce accounting industry is going, um, and and just being a part of that. So, um, really looking forward to that. Um, a few of our team is is flying in for that, so it'll be fun to um, all be together again, just like we talked about in Barcelona. It's always yeah. interesting as you work remotely to have a couple office days just randomly, um, where you're just not used to to actually working together physically. That it's nice, um, and then you you get to go back to being remote. So it's a it's yeah. a good good combination and we're, we're looking forward to seeing a lot of our users there um, and a lot of, of potential new partners and users there too cool all right well it's a, yeah it's a great balance and i think you guys are going to do just great but also just one more thing that i wanted to ask because i think that's such an important thing for founders that are considering selling not, a, not maybe to us even but just like exploring their options how it goes what to expect there are so many 
layers to due diligence. How can they find you to talk to you? And can you share your experience with them? Yeah, more than happy to. So it's especially as a, you know, a founder and, and going through this process for the first time. There were a lot of things that I, I tried to prepare for, but a lot of things that I just didn't know that I learned kind of on the fly through the process. So always happy to share those and, and just be available for, for insights and kind of just sharing my experience and, and offering thoughts. So LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Um, and I'll, I'll drop a link there in, in, in the comments once we post this. But yeah, always always available on LinkedIn and, and, and always happy to share with you. Okay. Well, thank you, Peter, for being here again. Uh, I, I feel like it's such a um, a good shift from the last time because you were, I think you were the first guest at Sass and Bound, right? I was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was my it first ever episode. <laughs> right? And it's just been like eight, well, eight you, months. You took so. it from, from 90 to 100. So, yes. Yes. Right. But no, it's been, it's uh, yeah. been really great to, to see how that's grown and and, Thank um, you. Excited to be a part of it. See, everything is growing at SaaS Group, but <laughs> but yeah, thanks for being a guest again. Uh, it's been great meeting you in person, Barcelona, of course, and the entire team. And yeah, excited to see what else you're going to work with. Same, same. Thanks, Anna. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Take care. That was yet another awesome conversation on SaaS Unbound. We're always looking for new guests to share their experiences. We mostly talk with bootstrapped SaaS founders. And if you're one, reach out to me directly at anna at saas.group or find me on LinkedIn. If you're not bootstrapped or even not SaaS, but have a great story to tell, we want to hear from you too. And obviously, SaaS Unbound wouldn't be possible without the SaaS group a founder-friendly private equity company that buys awesome businesses that people love to take them to even greater success. If you're thinking about selling your company or just exploring your options, feel free to visit saas.group, fill in the form, and expect a response in under 24 hours.